Today's reading is from Mark chapter 4. When evening had come, Jesus said to the disciples, Let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd behind, they took him with them in the boat just as he was. Other boats were with him. A great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that the boat was already being swamped. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him up and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? He woke up and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. Then the wind ceased. And there was a dead calm. He said to them, Why are you afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great awe and said to one another, Who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? The Gospel of our Lord. I'll invite the congregation to please be seated. Good morning. As Pastor Beth introduced, my name is Mark Olson. I'm a pastor of the church, and I serve on the churchwide staff of our Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. I serve as the associate director of the ELCA's Fund for Leaders, which is the seminary scholarship program of our church. Because I serve on the churchwide staff, even though I do so as deployed staff, meaning that I work and travel from my home in Haymarket, Virginia, um, I have the privilege to come to you this morning and say greetings on behalf of our presiding bishop, Elizabeth Eaton, and the rest of the churchwide staff with whom I work, and the rest of the Fund for Leaders staff with whom I work. And the most important thing, apart from the gospel message that uh, you're going to hear proclaimed today from me, the most important thing is for, me to hear, for you to hear me say thank you. Thank you for your partnership in mission and ministry with the 9,300 or so other congregations of our Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. Thank you for your partner in mission and ministry with the 147 other congregations of your Minneapolis area synod. Thank you for the mission and ministry in which you are so actively engaged here in your community in Plymouth. The other thing that I'd like you to take away today is for you to please be on the lookout for people with gifts for ministry in whom you can sow seeds of vocational discernment to ask them to ponder and pray about whether or not God and the church may be calling them into some form of public ministry on behalf of our church. This year, the ELCA Fund for Leaders supported 251 seminarians at our seven ELCA seminaries with just over $2.1 million in scholarship support. That's about a quarter to a third of the candidates that are preparing for ministry. But even when you take all the ones that we have in seminary today, the need for us to raise up leaders is greater than it has perhaps ever been before. So please look for those people with gifts for ministry of all ages. I can tell you I've read literally thousands of applications, candidacy essays, seminary applications, and 99.9% .9 of them somewhere on the first page use the words, someone once said to me. It may have been their pastor, their Sunday school teacher, their choir director, 
It may have been a campus minister, a camp counselor. Someone once sowed that seed of discernment that said, you know, Joel, you'd, you'd make a good pastor someday. You ought to think about going to seminary. Uh, and I'm sure your pastors would love to tell you their call stories someday. And many of you have your own call stories. I encourage you to share them. So that's my commercial announcement. <laughs> Thank you for inviting me to preach. And I love today's text. I once heard it said that there are only three kinds of people in this world. Those who can count and those who can't. <laughs> now, all kidding aside, there really are only three kinds of people in this world. Those who have been in a storm, those who are in a storm, and those who will be in a storm. And the same can be said for communities of faith. There are three kinds of churches, three kinds of congregations, those that have been in a storm, those that are in a storm, and those that will be in a storm. And if that's true, then that means that everyone within the sound of my voice falls into one of those three categories, and that includes Mount Olivet as a community of faith. Now, to be sure, there are literal storms in life that we all face from time to time, storms like the one in our gospel reading today, storms marked by sudden and violent wind and rain and flooding and the like. If you've ever experienced a tornado or a hurricane or a blizzard or even a really violent thunderstorm, then you know how helpless they can make you feel. How forces so powerful can leave you feeling like the world around you is out of control, out of your control. And just how vulnerable that can make you feel. As a result, your fear can become palpable. Your anxiety gut-wrenching. But there are figurative storms that we all face from time to time, too. Real-life threats and dangers that can be no less fear-inducing, no less anxiety-producing than literal storms. So no matter who you are, whether you're young or old, rich or poor, healthy or sick, fears of one kind or another always work their way into our lives. And that's true in part because we live in a world in which our human family continues to be threatened by things like violence, disease, hunger and poverty on the one hand, and intolerance, indifference, injustice and inequality on the other. So let me ask you, what are the storms and the fears that beset you? What are the storms and anxieties that affect your life? It is, a fear, is it a fear of losing your life to a deadly disease? Or a fear of losing your health and independence to some chronic illness? Is it a fear of change? Like the uncertainty that comes with starting a new school in the fall, or moving to a new home, or starting a new job, 
or concerns about growing older and simply not being able to do as much as you used to do. Perhaps it's anxiety over the stability of your job or over whether or not you'll have enough money for a secure future. Maybe it's simply the anxiety that comes from trying to accomplish more in a day than is humanly possible and a fear of failing to do as much as others might expect of you or as much as we might have expect of ourselves. And as I've seen in my ministry, for those seeking to answer God's call to become pastors and deacons for our church, often it is the anxiety of not knowing whether or not they can afford to go to seminary, or a fear of being burdened with so much student loan debt when they graduate that it will limit how and where they can serve in ministry. Whatever our fears if they take hold of us, they can prevent us from fully being the people God calls us to be and from doing the things God calls us to do. Well, our reading for today has a great deal to do with human fear and anxiety. You heard the story. How after a long day of teaching great crowds about the kingdom of God, Jesus and his disciples put out in boats headed to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, and when a great windstorm arises, we hear the sound of fear and anxiety in the voices of those disciples as they wake Jesus, as he's been sleeping in the boat, even as it's being swamped. When Jesus wakes up, he rebukes the wind and says to the seas, Peace, be still. And after bringing a great calm to replace the great storm, Jesus sees great fear and great awe in the faces of his disciples. They're filled with fear and awe because just as this scene reminds us of stories in the Old Testament where God uses God's power and authority to control nature, what they've just experienced reminds the disciples of that same divine authority as well. And they don't quite know what to make of it all. Or of Jesus. Why are you afraid? Jesus asks. Do you not yet have faith? In a word, no. The disciples' faith is not yet certain or complete, as evidenced by them asking one another, Who is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Early as it is in Mark's gospel, at this stage of Jesus' ministry, the disciples have yet to fully realize the incarnate power and presence of God in Jesus. And so they don't recognize him yet for who he is and whose he is. And so I sometimes wonder... When Jesus calls out to the wind and the sea, peace, be still, if he isn't also speaking those words to his disciples and to everyone else within the sound of his voice, peace, be still. Fortunately for you and me, we know the rest of the gospel story, and from it and from this story, we can take hope. We know that in the presence of Jesus the Christ, we can find comfort and calm even in the wildest storms of our lives. As if Jesus were saying to us, peace, 
be still. So in our times of grief and sorrow, even in the face of death itself, we find our hope in our unending life of love lived with God and in the sure and certain promise of the resurrection made possible for each of us by Jesus' own victory over the grave. When we are beset by challenges and problems to which we need to respond, Jesus invites us to ask, what is it that God would have us do? And then invites us to act on the results of our discernment as our way to know peace. And in our times of anxiety and fear, Jesus is there through the power and presence of the Holy Spirit to comfort us and to fill us with calm. For it is amid our fears and our anxieties that Jesus brings us the peace of God's love and forgiveness revealed to us through his own life, death, and resurrection, a love, a love from which nothing can ever separate us. And with that peace and calm comes the ability for us to live our lives as fully as God intends us to live them, free from the kinds of fear and anxiety that can sometimes paralyze us. But like the disciples, we may sometimes have trouble recognizing the agents of God's power and presence working in our lives to help bring about peace and calm in the face of life's storms, literal and figurative. To be sure, there may be times when we may believe that we see the hand of God calming the storm directly. But at other times, while the storm still rages, we may have to look for God's power and presence working to calm us through the words and actions of our family or of our friends or of others in this community of faith or elsewhere, other members of the body of Christ. For it is most often through them that Jesus' words, peace, be still, are spoken and made manifest to us. And as important as it is for us to recognize God at work in our lives through the words and actions of others, we have to remember that there are times when we are called to be the ones through whom God works for the sake of those around us. So while we may take comfort in hearing Jesus say to us, peace, be still, we dare not be too still. For we are called to act on God's behalf as part of the body of Christ, as agents of the Holy Spirit, to help bring peace and calm to others wherever and whenever it is needed. Peace, be still, is what we hear Jesus say. And peace, be still, is what others hear Jesus say when we act to help feed the hungry, lift up the poor, comfort the sick and the dying, and seek to bring peace and reconciliation in our families, our communities, and our world. Peace, be still, is what others hear Jesus say when we act to welcome the stranger, provide refuge for those fleeing violence and persecution, fight for equality, and advocate for justice on behalf of those who are so often overlooked, overcome, and overburdened. And in the ministry in which I serve, peace, be still, is what future ministers of our church hear Jesus say 
when they receive a scholarship from the Fund for Leaders that will help enable them to go to seminary when otherwise they wouldn't, and to graduate with less debt, enabling them to go and serve where the church needs and as the Holy Spirit leads. To be sure, there are storms enough in this world to strike fear and anxiety into the hearts of any person. But it is the power and presence of God found in Jesus Christ and found working through the Holy Spirit and through each of us that can still any storm of life and replace it with the great calm that comes from and out of God's love for us and for all people. And that, my friends, is something we can all count on. Amen.